Welcome to Come to the Cookout, where you are all invited to join us. There's a little something for everyone, whether you want to take a big bite out of what's cooking on the grill, or just a little parch and need some tea, or just want a little something sweet. Don't worry, we keep raisins out of our potato salad. And hopefully, you'll leave with a plate full, even if you ain't bring nothing. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Come to the Cookout. On this week's episode, I'm your host, Tzombin Cleave, but y'all can call me T. And I'm joined by Brooklyn. You ready? Because I'm ready. Let's go get it. You're hungry? You're thirsty? You need a little something sweet? Well, welcome to this week's episode of The Cookout. I'm your host, Brooklyn, and I'm here with my esteemed colleague. You going to say your name? Tzombin Cleave. <laughs> All right. I was about to say, did you forget your name? Uh, I said my name. I said to Zombie. It was a little, I was a little late, so I didn't know if we was having a delay. Well, I'm so happy to see you, Chow, because we was out of the office. Look. Out last week. Out. We just couldn't even make it, Chow. But we're here today out by, by grace of God. I mean, <laughs> you've been jet setting all over the place recently. Chow, I'm tired. And I'm about, I'm, I'm doing a lot of traveling. Uh, so much. And you about to be traveling, traveling to the Bay on a flight. Get your life. I'm about to be moving back west. I can't wait. Oh my God. You say that now until you until it's summertime and you'd be like, ooh, bitch, I need a little air. But luckily we got air conditioning. Hallelujah. As long as there's air conditioning, I'll be all right. Hallelujah. Well, we got it for for now. So I mean it's better than the the humidity over here in the summer, because New York just doesn't know how to get itself together. There's like three weeks of spring and then just you in the pits of hell. I know. And the thing that I hate about the summer too is like during that time of when you're on the subway and it's that pea smell because like it's been sitting there and it's like baking. That's the part of the summer. But that's what I that's what I miss at the same time as, as crazy as that sounds because you have th- the uh-uh. four distinct uh-uh. seasons. You, when that pea smell come out, you be like, oh, all right, it's time to get your guns out, cocks out, it's time to get it on. Uh, I used, <laughs> what I used to love is when people would come here to visit and they in, in the middle of the summer and it's hot and you like the, you know, the heat is oppressive on the platform and then the train will come up and they'll be like, no, one car that's mm-hmm. empty and they're like, oh, well, we're lucky. I'm like, bitch, uh-uh, no, don't no. do it. Don't Mm-mm. do it to yourself because there's no air on that train. <laughs> And probably somebody took a shit in it. Yeah. Like, don't do it. Yeah. But people people love doing it. So, yes. People like, because because people will be like, you know, it, it'll be fine. I'm just going like, I'm going like two stops. Nope. I can, I'll, I can take it. I'm like, all right, this is the MTA. You're going to get stuck in between stations in a hot box. Say it again. And especially now that they don't Good let luck. you jump trains or between trains. Uh-uh. That used to make me mad. Like, when I was a kid, you could just go through them like nothing. Some people would just chill in the middle of them right but now you can't do nothing so good luck well uh i know you got your recipe book out i see so what's on the grill what's on the grill um so the the thing that came to me Mm. recently because you know i don't really do a lot of politics that's your thing Um, but i do try to stay abreast of what's happening because you know information is key Mm. we're not trying to be in the the dark ages over here um but 
what has been flooding my feed recently is a certain um, public servant from North Carolina, um, Madison Cawthorn. Oh God, this guy uh, who has been in the in the public eye because th- there's been a leak. You know, he's em- embroiled in a in a uh, scandal. <laughs> A scandal, yes. So here's the thing. Why is it always the people that have dirt that can come out in the light? Like, why are you talking? Why are you the loudest person if you got shit that you don't want to come out into the public? Like, you are racist and homophobic and uh, ultra conservative. But yet now we know that you like had there's like pictures of you in lingerie and you were you're like, oh well I was at a Republican Coke party. I'm like, first off, you don't say you don't say the quiet part out loud. Like p- people go to these parties, don't you it's just like fight club. The first rule about fight club is you don't talk about fight club. Yeah. The first rule about Republican Coke parties is you don't talk about <laughs> Republican Coke parties. But you know like, what? If, Why can't if they? The, if the pictures come out Why can't they? The, the, because they are the one, like they're the, the truth will set if you free. You are the type to own the truth will set you free. And if you are the type to own your past, like it, any, if I was to take office now, mm-hmm. anything that you can dig up on me, I am not ashamed of. Like I came out when I was twenty one. I went into the military. I did drag. You know. If you uncover something now, there are some pictures of me drunk in drag that are not flattering. <laughs> I but, mean, do I know, need I'm to? Not, I, I do have uh, ashamed of them. I do have photo evidence of you in like showing off your body, child. So let's not act like you were innocent. Well, that's what that was when I that was when I had the body, and I was not ashamed of it. I'm not showing that body off now, <laughs> but I'm not ashamed of what I had then. <laughs> But I mean, so I think the thing is with Republicans, they are in a new era. I think these newer Republicans, uh, if you think about the left, they have AOC in the squad, right? So now you have Madison, whatever his name is, Hawthorne, right? This fool is out here doing shit that he ain't supposed to be doing. And they think it's okay. It's the same as Taylor Marjorie Green and that other half of that I don't like. All of them are under the same umbrella of like, we are going to be the craziest, ragest, uh, and I mean rage, like let's start a rage party. They are going to be the crazy people on the far, far right that are going to bring people into the big tent party of the Republican. Well, I think the problem with him is he can't seem to keep his mouth shut. He needs to get a better publicist because the how long has Lady G been in the closet? She don't talk about nothing that happens to her, none of the prostitutes that she's paying for. Nothing. Again, no face, no case. Right, right. But Cawthorn, I don't really think it was like a sex tape. I think it was, I I think that it was a case of stupid bros being stupid. And he was like naked in a bed and then like teabagged the guy. But then it came out that the guy that he was teabagging was his cousin. And I'm just like, again, who are the people that are around you? Because you can't, you can't trust any of these people. So y'all, y'all got to have better circles. I feel bad for him because, I mean, it was just last December where he gave a, a, a speech discussing how him and his wife were separating just after eight months of marriage. And, I mean, that has to be hard for a Republican to do because 
marriage is a sacred institution. I mean, it might, but it might have had something to do with him bringing his aid on his honeymoon with him. <laughs> I'm sure that that didn't help. Well, I mean, also, let's not forget that last week he was cited with possession of a, of a loaded handgun at the Charlotte Douglas International Airport. Uh, it's the second time that he's, quote unquote, accidentally tried to carry a gun onto a plane. So, I mean, I mean, I know you, you, you don't you have guns just lying look, around and you just throw them in the bag and you like, oh, I'm going to the airport where I know I'm going to get checked. I know they're going to get the wand and, you know, I might accidentally bring a gun. Don't you do that all the time? I mean, that's not my life, but you know, to each to each their own. It's just not that's not my journey. I mean, I, at this point, I think he'll probably still win. I mean, at this point, I don't know because because the uh, the other guy, what's his name, JD Vance, who like his his in his campaign video, he basically was like spewing racist rhetoric. In his video, like, he was literally saying the quiet part out loud. And I'm just like, and he won in Ohio. And I'm just like, what is going on right now? What is happening? Now, I really try my hardest to stay away from certain states. I do believe Matt Gates. he lives in this place called Florida. Which, (sighs) he, we thought he could have hit the bottom, right? He's done all these stupid shit. He was condemned online uh, recently, uh, which we'll get into a little bit more deeper when it comes to the Roe versus Wade um, conversation. But he said, I want to just quote this stupid, stupid tweet that he posted saying, how many of the women rallying against overturning Roe are overeducated, underloved millennials who sadly returned from protests to a lonely microwave dinner with their cats and no bumble matches. Now, like I said, we're going to get in row in just a moment. But are you mocking the same young millennial voters that you are going to need in a primary? Like, I maybe it's just me, but do you not think that Republican women are also educated and also maybe don't have a bumble match? Maybe they're on Tinder. We've already talked about all the ways Tinder tries to swindle young people into getting a subscription. So we're not going to have to revisit that. But who do you think you are to just sit there and make fun of someone? I mean, I don't want to be, you are, that is so pathetic. It's, I just, I'm at a loss and I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on what the hell. I mean, his his demographic is preteen, so I ah! can't. I any, anything that comes out of his mouth doesn't surprise me. You are so true. Oh, you were good. That was a good one. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That is, I I forgot. He still he still needs to be locked away, but we he's being investigated. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. That is crazy. And I think what also frustrates me about that tweet, which leads us to Roe versus Wade, is how cisgender white men of the Republican Party, who are anywhere from their 30s to 70s, some of them even 80s, lay out exactly how they feel about women through their tweets or their communications out. Right? And I think what frustrates me the most is 
there are women on this this earth who have been alive for 50 years or less who don't know a world before Roe was put into was enacted right and what frustrates me is that people are still going to get abortions they're just not going to be able to get safe abortions and so yes 100% I, and i also feel like this is such a class a class issue because people with money can unfortunately or fortunately however you want to look at it have the means and the wherewithal to go ahead and still get things taken care of. Whereas someone from an inner city, a poor community, already are probably living in a state that is going to block their their rights automatically and have to either drive or travel across state lines to get something done, which obviously they can't take time off work. They may not have the money and the funds to do so. So here we are again, going back to the dark ages of handmaiden tale of figuring out how can you take care of this problem yourself? Well, one of my issue is that I don't understand why we bring religion into this. This is not a religious issue. This is a medical issue. Religion has nothing to do with it. I've saw, I've seen um, people talk about how Abort, there's nothing that bans abortion in Islam. There's nothing that bans abortion in Judaism. So you are imparting your interpretation of Christian ideals on people that are not of your same faith. Of course. This is not a religious issue. It And these all of these laws are made by men who don't even have the reproductive systems that, you're, that you are policing i just don't understand how you can take someone else's autonomy when you don't even know what the experience is like when someone makes the decision to have an abortion it's not something that they, they do willing it it's not like choosing what socks you're going to wear today it is a hard decision to make yeah. and if you have come to terms with it personally medically spiritually and then to have that that one of the hardest decisions that you're going to make taken away from you all that's going to do is that we're going to have we are forgetting that the reason that this law or this was enacted in the first place is because people were dying in back alleys yes like because like you said it doesn't negate the fact that people are going to have them it it takes away the the effort or the the ability to have them safely yes and i think that's what what frustrates me the most is because I know we joked about this, I feel like, a few months back when we were talking about the first time, I think it was Oklahoma that you were sharing, had passed a weird, you know, six week or whatever the weeks was. I think for me, I think of this, there's supposed to be this unwritten rule of a separation of church and state. That's what I've been told in all my histories and all my um time that i can remember in school however what i'm finding is this is the most to your point religiously backed type of decision that i've seen in quite some time you're speaking about morals and about your book and i don't know there was a young lady i'm sure everyone's seen uh, on TikTok and, and Twitter of the lady in the red dress who's like, I don't care about your fake book. 
And that's what I want to, would want to ask. And it's like, it's so frustrating. I consider myself someone who believes there is a, a higher power, but I may not believe in a Christian view. I may believe that there's something out there that, you know, there's energy, whatever the case may be. So how is it that you are going to sit here and tell me that based on your book, which is the King James version, which means that there was another version and another version and another version, but y'all like to go to the KJV version. I mean, just your point with the, the, the King James version, the Bible, which is again, Christian faith. Mm-hmm. It does. It's not the book of the Islam. It is not the book of Judea. It is the Christian faith. The Bible was a collection of oral stories that was that were written down after who knows how many years, interpreted, rewritten, and then edited by a king and then re-edited. So I'm sure it's a good story, but it's like it is uh, the longest revision in history. I'm working on a book now. I've been revising mine for three years. Um, <laughs> Bitch, you better come the Bible on. has gone through how many different editors? Nothing against the faithful. It's just not. It's not my thing. But you know, blind faith in this book that is a, a a work of oral history that's been written and rewritten and revised, and now in you're imparting your interpretation of those teachings on everyone else in a land that is supposed to have a separation of church and state. I don't agree with it. And this is why I I keep thinking, am I going to run for Congress? Because shit like this really pisses me off. And I would love to be the first man to get up there and say, you know what? I am going to put forth a bill that will put restrictions on men's semen. And I apologize for those out there that think that this may be vile or uh, gross. But I think there needs to be something because I don't have a uterus. Again, I will sit here all day and let you know. I don't have that. So I am not going to tell you and dictate what to do with your uterus. That's your shit. As long as it's not, you know, hurting me, do you, boo-boo. That's your body, your choice. Same shit with the mask, right? Like the mask mandate, because to your point, I've been traveling, has been lifted. But let me tell you one thing I'm about to motherfucking do. I'm going to still keep my motherfucking mask on because now, since COVID, I'm sitting here thinking like, we used to get on a tin can sardine with wings on it and smell recycled air over and over and over again. Where bitches taking off their motherfucking shoes. Right. Bitches farting it all up up the storm and shit. And we supposed to just accept that. And I'm supposed to go back to that. It's hard for me to. Just I'm just going to put it out there. But with, yeah, I'm all set. I'm all set with that. But with that being said, it's my body. And I'm going to sit here and think, okay, what's the best thing for me? I want to make sure that I ate, I don't get sick. Because, you know, I be pre-COVID, I would always be stuffy as I got off of the plane and was got to my destination. Because I obviously, I'm a person who runs hot as a Latin. I like to keep my, my air on high. Okay? Don't give me the low. Don't give me the mid. I want it on high. And so then I'd be stuffy when I got off the plane. With that being said, I'm making the right decision for myself and my body. Me wearing my mask may upset you, but it is not harming you. I am not putting my belief system of wearing a mask onto you, right? And if I remember just a few months back when we all had to wear masks, bitches was upset. Bitches had attitude. Bitches was ready to fight. Bitches were ready to be put on the no-fly list because they didn't want to wear a mask. 
And you all fought that and fought that and said, my civil liberties and all this other bullshit. Where are those people today? Because it's funny that now that the shoe is on the other foot, it is something that you agree with. You are okay with pushing an agenda or pushing a law or pushing a belief onto someone else with no disregard for how that feels. You brought up a great point. What if I'm Jewish and nowhere in my book that I believe in says anything about abortion? Or what if I am Muslim and there's nothing in the Quran that says anything about abortion? Why am I supposed to believe your teachings when I have the teachings of my own? Right? Let alone if I'm like Ronald Reagan's son and I'm an atheist. And I, all y'all, all y'all shit is, is comic book. All of y'all could write for Marvel. Why is it okay for you to, to put this um, onto I, someone else? That is a, a good question. Um, my, my thought process is that if you can't explain to me uh, sexual or if you can't explain to me female anatomy, if you can't explain to me sexual reproduction, if you can't spl- explain to me the process of, of giving birth, if you can't explain to me a menstrual cycle, then you should not be making laws that pertain to a woman's body. There were, there was like a, I think this was just a, um, it was like a, a kind of like a Johnny on the street thing where they were walking around and asking men where with a, a, a diagram of the, the vagina and just asking men, where is the clitoris? Point out the clitoris. And of course it's edited, but none of the men that they talked to could identify where the clitoris was on a diagram. And I'm not talking about, oh, you can't hit the G spot. I'm talking about on a picture of the vagina, <laughs> they were pointing to like the urethra. They were pointing to the vaginal canal. And I'm like, that, no. Like, you, if you don't have a, an understanding of what the female body is, does, how it works, you shouldn't be making laws or even ha- or having an opinion. Uh, you can have an opinion, but it shouldn't. Your opinion shouldn't impact my body or their body. Their body because I don't have a uterus. I think what frustrates me is that this is the first step. I think we we chatted offline about this when the first when the news first hit. But I want to read a quote that I saw on Vox.com that kind of like I highlighted it and screenshot it because it, it kind of spoke to me. And it says, the court was the midwife of Jim Crow, the right hand of Union Busters, and the dead hand of the Confederacy, and is now one of the chief architects of America's democratic decline. And with that, I, I, it, 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 I don't know why that statement hit me in a way that it did, because the court is now a political machine, just like everything else. I think pre-2016, the Supreme Court was a sacred court. It was a court where you knew no matter what, they were going to come to a decision, have a a great conversation about it, a debate. All of the the most recent Supreme Court justices that were interviewed, minus our lovely Miss Brown, were asked specifically Mm -hmm. about what are your thoughts on Roe versus Wade? The Supreme Court of the United States has held in Roe versus Wade that um, a fetus is not a person for purposes of the 14th Amendment. 
and the book explains that. Do you accept that? That's the law of the land. I accept the law of the land, Senator, yes. As a judge, it is an important precedent of the Supreme Court. By it, I mean Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Been reaffirmed many times. Casey is precedent on precedent, which itself is an important factor. Is Roe a super precedent? I'm answering a lot of questions about Roe, which I think indicates that Roe doesn't fall in that category. And scholars across the spectrum say that doesn't mean that Roe should be overruled. But descriptively, it does mean that it's a case, not a case that everyone has accepted and doesn't call for its overruling. But that got me thinking, this is not the end of what the court is going to do. Next, if this does go through in June or July, whatever the, the ruling should come down, the next thing could be and should be or will be probably gay marriage. There could be something on the mm -hmm. Board of Education versus Brown versus the Board of Education. Some people have even uh, constituted that, which sounds perplexing as fuck to me, interracial marriages. And I was like, nah, like, but now we don't know what could be off the table. I mean, right? So, I mean, all of it is on the job block. Because, I mean, Loving versus Virginia was only 1967. So interracial marriage is recent. It's not that long ago. Yeah. And I think that in conjunction with all of the voter rights, voter suppression laws that have went into place, it's going to be a very interesting America over the next couple of years. I think about like, not so, you could go to Mexico and get an abortion now. Like they just recently made it legal to have an abortion. Mexico. And now we're one of 26 states, or excuse me, 26 countries. Now we're one of 26 countries that are going to have laws like this that make it where you could go to jail. And as soon as this is overturned, we have 26 states ready with laws on the books that will pretty much nullify any type of support. That you could get. And my other question that I'm going to keep coming back to is fine. Let's make these women have the babies. Who's taking care of them? That is a good question. Because I just see a lot of abandoned children that no one's going to care about because they don't actually care about the child. They don't care about the actual life. So you think you you think they just because you make you think because you make a woman have a child, then they're going to be like, oh my God, you know what? I actually love this child that could be a product of incest, of rape, or just an abusive relationship. Or maybe they, they don't even want to be a mother. Like there are plenty of women who being a mother is not on the in the cards for them. But now you're going to make it where they have to. Yeah. I say... If if this if when this goes through, everybody just become a lesbian. Don't give the don't give the men no cat. They don't deserve it. Bro, boy, don't you say no coochie. No kitty for you. I looked at Cori Bush. She was one of the newer uh, Congresswomen, I think, of Missouri, and she was talking about how like she's a survivor of, of abuse, 
And she was saying she was thinking about how Brett Kavanaugh and Clarence Thomas are credibly accused of having violated and harassed women. And now these are the people that are about to deny us a right to abortion cases. She says, abusers do not belong in public office, period. And it just got me thinking. It's like, okay, I know you brought this up in the past. And I think as I keep, as the, as the days keep marching on, I have to fucking say, I'm starting to agree. Term limits need to go into effect, period. How is it we can have it for the motherfucking president, but we can't have it for the motherfucking Senate? We can't have it for the motherfucking Supreme Court. Like a lifetime appointment. So your bigoted self, your misogynist self, your racist self could be in office. Like I look at Coney Barrett. This half was in her 40s. How much do you want to bet that's going to change now that we have this black woman that's elected? <laughs> oh, child. I can't. I just. Go, you're like, no, you know what? You know what? We're going to limit it to four years. I mean, then. Uh, it's, uh, I don't even know what the right answer is. Because, yeah, you wouldn't want it to be going on every single time there's a goddamn election. You, you're getting new Supreme Court justices. But at the same time, it's like... I mean, I think 10 years is a good... A good decade. Every 10 years. Yeah. Get some fresh meat in there. Thirsty. I need something that is... I keep crying. No tears. Just tea. Well, I, I can hit you with it. So, uh, it'll just be a couple updates real quick. So... The first one I want to hit you with is I think we talked about Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. First, first off, let, let me stop you right there because I'm a, I'm a, I want to I want to point you to some new music that I listen to. Oh god. I don't know if you're up on this. Oh god. <laughs> but Jasmine Sullivan's album is fire. I just wanted to bring that to your attention because I don't know if you if you've heard the album yet. Suzanne Van Cleef. Let me explain something to you. I have told you to listen <laughs> to this album. The album. So is this new music? Like, was it in your new category? Because I know you're lying. Because the album came out in January of 2021 of our Lord. We are in now May of. 2022 well, of our Lord. Well, it's new to me, and it's good. I, I could have told you that. I've been telling you to listen to it. When she said, "Now, did you finally hear Girl Like Me?" Well, her and her. No, I haven't. I, um, I haven't. I haven't finished it yet. So you, so you over here getting on the podcast, I, telling people about this because I was in the office. Okay, because I got through half of it, mm-hmm. and so the half that I listened to is amazing. I know that. So I just assume the other, and she's a Grammy award-winning artist. So I'm assuming that the rest of the album is going to be fire. <sighs> I'm gonna pray for you. That's all. But I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Oh, I, it, my attention has already been gotten and already been had because she's gotten all my ducats for her album, and I can't wait to see her in July when we are, when I'm out and about. But let me give you some updates. Gonna give you an update. Well, as a few months ago, I feel like it was a month ago, maybe two months ago now, we talked about uh, Don Lemon and how he was being uh, accused of sexually assaulting a man uh, in the Hamptons or wherever they were, right? Uh, Well, Uh the case uh was about to come up, about to go to trial, because remember, he wanted like a 
a jury trial and the, the he got a bench trial or whatever. I forgot what, but he wanted one type of trial and he got the other type. The the judge was like, no. Well, the the case was about to come to trial this week, or excuse me, in the upcoming week, when the man who accused Don Lemon, Lemon of sexual assault is changing his story. Or, or excuse me, or rather, Why? or rather, <laughs> let me rephrase it, because, you know, people on the right would say changing the story. I like to just say fake news. So he's actually suggesting the story never happened in the first place. So for those of you who don't remember, there was a New Jersey bartender, Dustin Heiss, um, and he had accused the actor saying that, uh, you know, he had touched him inappropriately while in the bar, while he was with some friends. He recently released a statement saying, uh, after a lot of inner reflection and a deep dive into my memory, he realized he actually got the whole thing wrong. Now, I just want to pause for a minute. because when That sounds like defamation to me. That, See, I was about to say, because there needs to be a repercussion. Because when you say you did a deep dive in your memory, bitch, this ain't going into your closet looking for your favorite shirt. This ain't going to the attic looking for the Christmas decorations that you couldn't find from last year. You accused the man. And not only accused him, but tried to bring a suit against him, which obviously tarnished his name and reputation. And even could have jeopardized his job. Yeah, that is a... That is just exactly what is happening to Johnny Depp currently. So I say it sounds like defamation and Don Lemon should take him to court. We were going to go to court for this, but now we're going to go over here. <laughs> just go down. Uh, you don't go to, it's the same courthouse. You just want to go up a floor because now it's time for you to receive this ass whooping and lawsuit. Lemon's attorney released a statement calling the whole thing a crash money grab for for from the inception. He said, this has been a long and difficult journey for Don out of respect for the judicial process and my advice. He has to remain silent in the face of malicious and vulgar attack on his character. Unfortunately, being a gay black man in the media, he has to deal with these sorts of attacks for quite some time. Um, I guess he was the the judge ordered him uh, to pay $77,000 in attorney fees. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see what this what what, what happens you know, in the upcoming weeks or anything like that. But I, I'm, I, I guess I'm going to say vindication for, for that's why it's innocent until proven guilty. That is wild. I don't now you owe $77,000. 77K. I don't know how you're going to pay mm-hmm. that, but maybe you got money. Cause that's crazy. I, I don't, I ain't got it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have it. I ain't got it. Good for you. If you do, he must be, and he'd be making some, some bomb drinks. <laughs> he might you never know well okay i think we chatted about this again as well so this is another update about i'm telling you i i would like to come in here one week and not have to talk about these heifers these trifling heifers <laughs> but you, you know lo- you love them i do but you know what it's 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 getting to the point now where it's like i'm bringing this up because i think you and i have never actually talked about how she became famous. Like we know, we know, but we've never chatted about it, but you know, your good girl. What's her name? What's that bitch's name? Kim Kardashian. Kim, Kimberly Kardashian. Okay. So remember we talked about, I think it was a few weeks ago where it was like promotion for her new show, her son, Saint, I think it was, or North one of somebody was looking, I don't know who it was, but I think it was her son was on Roblox and saw a thing talking about a new sex, sex tape, whatever. I I didn't know she had four kids. Yes. I mean, well, she only had one vaginal birth, if I'm not mistaken. The other were surrogates. 
Maybe she had two vaginal and then two. Um, yeah, it was two, it was two and two. She yeah. but she had complications with the first two, and they so they were like, you can't, you shouldn't have any more kids like normally. So the last two were surrogates, but I, I still that's yeah. four. That's four. Tanika got four kids. That's a lot of kids. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's, it's life. You know, I think it's it's that's the beauty of motherhood, right? You can do what you want with your uterus, right? And if you don't if you don't feel comfortable doing it through your uterus, you can borrow somebody else's. That's the great thing about your body, your choice, right? Um, that may not be the option moving forward. Who the hell knows? But uh, I bring this to the congregation today because I don't think I can believe anything these have to say going forward. So in a bombshell exclusive interview, uh, Ray J, if you remember, was a butt of a few jokes. Uh, because she was talking about maybe he was going to put a dildo up her mm-hmm. behind while she was sleeping, something like that. So Ray J lays the bare truth about the sex tape with Kim Kardashian that became an international sensation. He says, I sat in the shadows, allowing the Kardashians to use my name, abuse my name, make billions of dollars talking about a topic I've never really spoken about, he told the Daily Mail. Kim's former lover revealed that she has a second tape of the two of them having sex, and she kept it in a Nike shoebox under her bed. Kim has always been in possession of all the sex tapes she made with Ray J. He has never owned copies of any of them. Ray J said he did not leak any sex tape and that the release was was and is a business partnership between Kim, him, and Kris Jenner. He made the claim that uh, after Kim, 41, claimed on her new Hulu show that she was worried he would leak it, he said he was outraged that Kim had claimed on the show that he might have a tape showing him putting a dildo in her ass while she slept. That makes me sound like a rapist. Um, Yeah, and what I... I, (sighs) What frustrates me about this whole fucking thing is here we are again for years. Even I don't know where you felt. I'll speak only for me. Um, I've always believed Kim was a victim. Now, mind you, I think she was a smart victim who turned her, you know, tragedy into a triumph and all of that great stuff. Um, but a couple of things rocked me to my core, especially at a time when we're like the Roe versus Wade thing and all that is going on is, you have a mother. It, is that the right? Yeah. You have a mother selling her daughter's body. Like, if let, let's take it at face value and say what Ray J is saying is true, and this is a partnership. At that time, she might have been 18, 19. Did, I, I don't know if I could feel comfortable, even if we were in cahoots together, even if we were even if there was money to be made to be able to sell out my child in a evasive way like that. Me personally. Oh, well, I just don't trust anything that they do in general because they have a, they just have a history of using black men in general for clout. She had a sex tape with Ray J she dated Reggie Bush, and that the entire relationship was publicized. She 
dated Christian uh, Chris Humphreys, married him for 72, 72 hours to, uh, you know, have the the wedding basically be paid for by People Magazine. Uh, she then exploited Kanye's, like Kanye's cra- I don't want to say Kanye's crazy. Conray, Kanye has um, an extreme mental illness that he has not always taken care of, and it appears that Kim has not always been in his corner. And then once they were on the outs, has manipulated the story in her favor. If we were in the 60s, 50s, 40s, Ray J could have lost his life. Like, I know these are Hollywood people, and it's fun to poke fun at people, you know, Brandy's brother, as people used to refer to him, right? But I do feel at times like this could this could be detrimental to Ray J. Like, I, I, he was saying in the interview that he felt suicidal at times and that, you know, it was it was a lot for him to take on. And imagine him, like, obviously he's been fine and he's, you know, hopefully felt like his life has been fruitful since his time being away, right? Like, he has a scooter bike company. Like, he's been, sm- Ray J's been smart when it comes to his money and, like, investing in companies and tech companies and shit like that. Um, but it's just something that I don't know. It just... It just, and I and I think about too to your point about believing anything they say and how manipulative they are, because for your new show you didn't have a storyline, so you dragged your ex husband because she's on the phone with Kanye. You dragged your ex boyfriend, another black man. You dragged your son, a young black man, I mean a young black infant, for for some clicks and some views, like. I'll use Lady Gaga as an example. Lady Gaga is cuckoo crazy when it comes to all her meat dresses and all the things that she does when she's out there, right? I love the monster, so please don't come for me. Stay over there. I'm just saying she wears crazy things, okay? But with that being said, she's never said, okay, you have to wear this meat dress, or it goes back to your body, your choice. She's been the butt. She's in control of her own narrative. Great. And she does what she wants to do for herself without being rude and disrespectful and dragging people down, including people who are no longer associated with her, as well as her children, which I think is, I don't know, crazy. But think about it. Why wouldn't she if her own mother did the same thing? It's it's a cycle repeating it. You know what? You hit the nail on the head. That's a cycle repeating itself. That is so true. And actually, I, I kind of, now that you said that, I kind of want to tune in just because I wonder where Courtney's children are. Because the little Scott's son, I remember like seeing him because my girl Eliza, shout out to you, Eliza, used to watch Kardashians all, all the time and talk about it. And I remember that little boy was like, from the womb has been on TV and he has to be in his teens now. And there's been a camera 10, 15 feet from him since birth. And I would love to see how he's adjusting now because obviously they took, what, a year off, I guess. And now they're back filming again because that has to be completely different when you say cameraman Johnny over there, I've known all my life. And now cameraman Johnny, a.k.a. Uncle Johnny's gone. And now it's just like, I'm one with my thoughts of me and my mama. You know, like, it's just little things like that. It's it's a weird social experiment that I would love to 
if I was a psychology major study. But I think overall, what is harmful the most is how this all began. The and I and it's almost like a, a legal brief of like fruit from the poisonous tree. Everything should be taken from her. Everything, including her children. I mean, you, you're gonna get some hate mail. I don't care. Trying to take uh, children from my mother. But, well, uh, I mean, it's time. The time has come. The time has come. Raisins in the potato salad. You don't see that every day. I mean, the thing that irks me is because, okay, so I, I have mentioned this before. I go to the office once a week. I generally work from home. I go into the office. I go into the city. And with the lifting of the mask mandates, you know, it is understandable that people are walking around without your mask on. Cool, 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 whatever. My problem, what irks me, is that when I get on an elevator, which is a closed, confined space, I need one. If there's more than three people on the elevator, don't get on it. Don't get on it. But, don't, don't, like, y'all can wait to go to lunch uh, 30 more seconds. Take the next elevator. And, and especially don't get on it if you're not wearing your mask. Because, you know what? There was a, there was a, a COVID scare in the building just this last, this past uh, Friday. I don't, I'm not, you know, let me get off. You, if you, you in that big hurry, let me get off on this floor. You can, you can take the elevator down. I will wait. Let Matter of fact, let me take the stairs. Mm-mm. Let me tell you something. I think you are. So over- that's what's been irking me. I think you're being a Karen right now because COVID is a myth. It doesn't exist. You act like people have died from it. I need you to calm down. Like it's just the government trying to chip you with the, well, you know with what? the vaccine. You know what? I, I I love Zeus. I love Hercules. I love a myth. <laughs> Hercules. But one thing actually that bothered me this week, your girl, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, your girl from Georgia. Mm. She was trending all... That, don't put that on me. That's your girl. She was trending all over the, all over the weekend. Because um, she was lying again? You, you know her, child. So she, what did she, I'm trying, okay, she said, I want to make sure I get her quote right, because I'm going to fuck this up, and I don't want to fuck it up. She said, it doesn't matter, she don't even get her quotes That right. Oh, thank you. You That is so true. So I, I don't need to quote her directly, because she don't remember. She, according to Green, she said, women considering an abortion have Satan whispering to them. Let me give you the quote. It's whispered softly and gently into your ears and into your soul. And he tells you it's okay. And he says, it's just just this one thing. You're just going to get it done, get it over with. And then he tells you a promise. He promises you all these dreams that, that you have in your heart. And that's how Satan sells a sin. And that's how he sells abortion. He tells a woman that all you have to do is you're just going to go to this clinic, just going to get it over with, you know. And then you're going to, that guy, he's going to stay with you. That that boyfriend or the guy, whoever he is, he's going to marry you, sweep you off your feet. Or- and to you, I say, baby girl, what Satan you talking to? Do you know what Satan tells me? Satan tells me, go ahead, eat another chip. Satan don't tell me to go out here and do things and some, somebody going to sweep me up. Like, girl, you're, going, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. Can I also just ask a question? Yes. I said I have a question. All right, because yeah. all these all these people who are 
not Christians. I don't care what they say. Like you can't you can't preach hate and and say that you're a Christian. Like the love of of from your word, the love of God heals everything. He, if you are made in His image, how can anything be wrong? Oh, say it again. Come on, preach, <sighs> preach, Pastor Van Cleef. With that being said, even if I am a sinner, Ooh. if I sin, yes, that is on me. Mm. What does that have to do with you? It's my soul. Mm. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like. You know what? I haven't been to church in a long time. So maybe being a Christian is like Pokemon. You got to catch them all. And maybe that's what she has to do is save as many souls as she can. And maybe based on how many souls you save, there has to be a VIP section in heaven. Like with the gold ropes, right? And like, again, going back, going back, but going backwards, you can't, you can't say you're a Christian and preach hate. That, that, that That's redundant. That is redundant. That does you see that math that, that math ain't mathing. Well, you know, I mean, I always think about this like the 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 comments that she shared on this program. I know for a fact because we all got that cousin that has been committed to a psych to a psych evaluation or had the people come get them because they said crazy shit like this. You're talking about somebody whispering in your ear and telling you what to do. Now, I know, and I, I've told this story many times when I was a kid and coming home from church and I saw cinnamon rolls sitting in the middle of the table. Let me tell you what Satan told me to do. Satan said, you know that's your spot and where you eat? Go ahead and get you, go ahead, go ahead and get you a, a cinnamon roll. And I said, you know what? I, I want another one. A, pl- a plate of cinnamon rolls. Let me explain something to you. I, it was in my seat, T. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine you come home. I can't tell you. I'm... I have heard this story so many times, and it makes me laugh every single time you tell it. I, it was in my spot. Okay. T, you know how when you come inside sometimes and your grandmama will have like a Coke and a, and a sandwich in your seat where you sit down at the table? A whole plate of cinnamon rolls? That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Let me be clear. That is my favorite. You know cinnamon rolls is my guilty. Even now, I pass a Cinnabon in a mall. I'd be like, ooh, let me just go get one. And I get the icing on it. I just Wait, love cinnamon rolls. Is there one in in California? Yes. <laughs> yes. There's two, if you want to be specific. And if I want to be, you know, on a, on a bad day, I'll go to Krispy Kreme and get their cinnamon roll, which is really like a cinnamon claw. But we ain't got to, again, I'm a cinnamon connoisseur. So let's not get into the details because now I'm hungry and now I want a cinnamon roll. And now I'm upset. <laughs> Thanks a lot. She ain't bring nothing. 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 Coming straight from the horse's mouth. No pun intended, but we rem- I know we had talked about and just like that not too long ago. Did you remember how you were discussing how much you loved uh, Steve and Miranda's relationship? And mm. do you remember the whole? Ever- there was so-, uh, so much drama about somebody not being on the show. Somebody that by the name of uh, Miss Samantha Jones. Yes. Well, let me get let me tell you what happened. Fire up your teapot. Miss Kim Cottrell has broken her silence on and just like that. She quote and I'm going to quote it, give it to you just as good as we can. She said, "Part of parts of Samantha are with me. I played her and I loved her and I felt ultimately protective of her. 
I played so many different kinds of characters. You think, well, why that character? Why then? It was a time coming out of AIDS and making sex positive again. There were so many parallels of me growing as an actor in that character. I would never want to look back on that with anything other than pride. That I did that, that it existed. I don't know why I did it sometimes because it was really scary, especially when I started dating. My husband and I broke up in 2004. That was really different for me. I felt like it was a show about single women, and I feel like I was now cast as a cougar, which became not as positive as other aspects. People say, you coined it. I didn't feel that was part of my character. There was never a desperation. It was always on the terms, which on her terms, which I love. There was a bit of an adjustment suddenly being single. I think when you become that recognizable for a very specific kind of character and you go out in the world, those images, that collective consciousness we all share. I was never asked to be part of the reboot. I made my feelings clear after the possible third movie. So I found out about it like everyone else did on social media. And just like that, it's basically the third movie. That's how creative it was. So my question for you, I guess, is as we've kind of grown uh, older, right? Can you imagine going back to a job you did 25 years ago and that job, you know, let's say didn't get any easier. It got more complicated in the sense of how you're going to progress with either the character or the job or the work ethic. Um, Because I was thinking about this, like, yes, everybody was up in arms about not seeing her, but I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but everything has to grow or it dies. That's always been, you know, my philosophy. Um, but what about your, what about you? Could you imagine going back to your job of 25 years ago? No, I, I can't imagine going back. I can't. I mean, I I completely understand what she's saying. Um, she wanted Hello. to grow as an actor, and she's done so many other projects since then. Um, but if you look at like the other actors in that show, like SJP, uh, Cynthia Nixon, Kristen, whatever her last name is, um, like not not. For nothing, no shade, but like, but shade. I don't want to. I don't want to say that they needed the show because they're they're all successful actors in their own right. But oh. like, like SJP is just doing like sequels to the, her other famous things. She's doing and just like that, she's doing Hocus Pocus too. Like, yes, she. I think she is going to be on Broadway, but she's on Broadway in a show with her husband. Yeah, and she had a TV show like what like five years ago but it did it had like what two seasons oh the divorce so, like or something like that she yeah she's like going back to what she knew worked cynthia nixon you know took a hiatus from acting and she did, ran for public office and that didn't work out and now she's acting again um and Kristen, i don't even know what she's been at but like since then like uh kim cattrall has done most movies, TV. She's currently in um, How I Met Your Father. She's the the she's the mother, like the present day mother, telling the story of How I Met Your Father. So like she's the one that's telling the the the, the flashback. Um, so she's taking on different roles moving forward with her career. Well, she's also, if I'm not mistaken, she's about to be part of Queer's Folk reboot. So to your point, she stayed with a check. But back to you, would you go back to an old job? Or do you think yeah. that it would be beneath you? I would. 
I would not. I work every job like today could be the last day. <laughs> you shady. I can't. So, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to give you 110%, but I need you to know that I know that if I leave today, you're just going to hire someone else. Like, I know what the job is. So I, there are no disillusions of I'm I'm your best worker and blah, blah, blah. I know that the minute I step out of the door, you're just going to hire someone new. So we both need to understand that I'm going to do the best of my ability while I'm here. But I also know that we can part ways at any time. I People that get up in arms about like how, um, like when people quit on the spot or if you get fired... Most places at this point are at will employees, which means it runs both ways. And that means I don't, the, like I've said this before, the, the notion of a two week notice is non existent. I don't owe you two weeks to quit this job. Yep. Which I mean, it's, a, curti- you, it's a courtesy. You can, you can fire me today. I can quit today. <laughs> or we could come to an understanding. <laughs> Well, with that being said, you, I'm a, I need a little something sweet. I just need a little something sweet. I got myself a little candy tonight. You got anything that brought a smile to your face? Okay, so here is what's uh, bringing a smile to my face currently. Oh, Lord. Um, I know that you are actually going to see... Uh, a movie that I'm probably not going to see this next week, but Multiverse of Madness. I've been hearing so much good oh, prep. Oh, I'm ready. As soon as we do, as soon as it's over, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. As soon as we done. But you can't spoil it for me. Don't don't tell. I don't want to hear. Oh, nothing I'm gonna tell about you everything. Until Bitch, I'm gonna send you. It. I'm gonna send you screenshots. I'm gonna send you everything. I'm gonna let you know everything that's happening. You're gonna be like before you even get to the movie theater. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm gonna send you everything. I'm gonna send you the bootleg. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh, I'm ready for that. I'm, I just watched the last episode of Moon Knight, um, which has a. Have you watched it? No, I have not. You haven't. You haven't seen it yet. There is a end scene, so watch to the very. I'm gonna go watch, watch it. to the very end. Does it feed into the movie? No. Okay. Are you sure? You don't need it for the movie. I, at least I don't. I don't think because like I, I feel like this is. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like this uh, Moon Knight and like uh, all the new these new TV shows are like just setting up the next phase, but it's not directly related to, to multiverse. The current one. Okay, okay, okay. Like I feel like, yeah, I feel like this the this show and then whatever multiverse is is going is going to color what's happening next. But you don't need this to see that. The main thing that I am I am excited about right now is I am pretty much caught up on most if not all of the x titles in current comic book publication um and i just read immortal x-men number one and they there is a character that comes back in that in that issue that is one of my favorite villains because she she is petty as hell and her name is celine she's she was the black queen of the hellfire club of the hellfire club um she's a 17,000 year old sorceress mutant. Mm -hmm. And so basically she comes to the quiet council of Krakoa, which is the mutant uh, island nation. And she poses a question to them and she doesn't get the answer that she wants. And then she shows how petty she can be. And I am here for it. Oh, I love it. You know me. I love a good villain. I love a reformed villain that is still petty because like, she was just like, this is what this is what's happening, and this is what you need. And they're like, "We're gonna do something else." And she's like, "Got it." Then I'm gonna do this. 
I mean, sometimes you gotta what they say, don't test my gangster, right? And sometimes you just gotta remind someone who you are. Yeah. You know, so some people think to well, your, you know what to your you, reforming, you, you, people might forget who you are, and they'll be like, "Oh, she's she's soft now, or she's that, moved out of the hood." That is, that's exactly what happened. And she was like, "You know what? You gonna learn today." <laughs> Let me remind you. You gonna learn you. today. <laughs> I love it. Well, as for myself, um, I'm sure. If you haven't seen it, uh, you should see it. I rec- would highly recommend it while you still have a Netflix subscription. Um, but everyone and their mothers has been talking about the show called Heartstopper. Um, my daughter is the one who was like, you got to watch this show. And she was like, I've already watched it twice. And she was saying like how great it was. And I was like, "She, all right. I was like, all right, girl, you, you, you really talking this goddamn show up. Like, whatever. Now, mind you, it's a teen series. Um, there's an actor by the name, I think his name is Kit Connor. If I remember, she told me all the details. So hopefully I got all this right. His name is, uh, Kit Connor. He's, I think he literally just turned 18 and he plays Nick Nelson, which is a star rugby player who develops romantic feelings to the gay peer, Charlie Spring, I think his name is. Um, what I like about, or what, what my daughter was telling me who schooled me to the game is that this was a graphic novel first. And she was saying, like, some of the panels that you get in the graphic novel are word for word in the movie, which she's, like, loves. And the other thing, too, is what is very nuanced about it, which I like, is that it is a live action, but they'll throw, I guess you would say, animation on certain things to, to as a, like, shout out to the, to the, um, the comic community who watched this. So, um... Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely recommend watching it. It's a, it's a eight episodes. They're twenty minutes a piece. I literally watched it in, uh, in like a three hour while I was doing some work over the weekend because she was begging me to watch it and then have a deep dive over every episode. Uh, the episodes match the books or the, I guess the, the wow. editions. Um, but it really is about what I love about it is that it's, it's interesting that my daughter has an opportunity to kind of view something in a world that is to her normal, right? Like I think about how far we've come. There is a trans actress. She was schooling me. She was talking about the trans actress uh, who was, who was playing the trans character. And I was like, wait, they got a young trans actor to play her. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So I was like, very, my, I was like, my, my, I don't know where it came from, but she's in tuned with what's going on in the LD LGBTQI community she is very uh, much of an ally. So I was very shocked. And she said it was very heartwarming. And for her, for a teenager, 15 years old, to understand that, I think is, it just, it gives me hope. Oh my God, she's 15 already. It gives me hope for the future because a lot of times, like this week has been rough. I come in here and I look at what the world is in the news and the news is just shit, right? Like, I thought the the last presidency was bad, where every day there was just shit atop shit, and unfortunately it didn't it did not end right away as we thought it would, right? But when I look at her and her generation and thinking of like, it's just interesting to see her be like, this is a great love story. Period. She didn't say gay love story. I I mean I was like, what the hell is going on, right? As a as a 
trying to understand what was going on in the in the show. But it's just so interesting how I don't know. It just it, it, I, I can't. My words aren't coming to me right now. But I'm just very intrigued on what the future holds for these young generations if they can get in power. I just looked at the cast. I don't know any of the young actors, but. Olivia Colman's in this, and Stephen Fry is in this, and I yeah. love them. They're both great British actors. Oh, yeah. She um, kills it. Well, that's all we have for this week's episode of Come to the Cookout. If you like what you what you heard, be sure to come back next week as we continue to talk more shit, gossip, see what's on the grill. Thank you all, and hopefully next week will be lighthearted, child. I pray. Lightheartedness. I say that every week. I know we do, but I mean it. I'd be meaning it, though. Well, thank y'all for joining us for another episode of Come to the Cookout. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Come to the Cookout. If you have any questions, you can email us at come to the cookout at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tizom Van Cleef. That's T I Z O M V A N C L I E F. How about you, Brooklyn? And you can find me on all socials at Brooklyn. Like the city, Gabbana, like the designer. You are always invited to our cookout. Now y'all come back now, you hear?